Welcome to AmiSites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. With your host, Ami Kassar. Ami is the founder and CEO of Multifunding, an advisory company that helps you grow and stay in control of your business. Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with hundreds of lenders across the nation. Joining us today is Jimmy Wallachek. Jimmy is the co-founder and chief opportunity officer, otherwise known as COO of Kabwaka, a company that offers sports leagues, social activities, and events for adults over 21 with a mission of fostering lifelong friendships. Our main topics today will focus on his journey managing Club Walkout pre, during, and post the pandemic. Welcome, Jimmy. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me on me. It's uh, great to be here. Tell me everything. Tell me what's what's in your mind. Tell me a little bit. Tell me everything. Tell you everything. Uh, I thought this was only 30 minutes. It's going to take a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your, tell me about Club Walkout. Is that where you spend most of your professional time these days? Yeah, that's where I spend uh, most of my time. So uh, Club Waka is a, a national sport and social club for adults. We try to connect really fun people that are over 21. And what we do is the hook is the sport, the fun thing, the league, whether that's kickball or volleyball or, or dodgeball. We do some other sports, but those are the ones we mostly concentrate on. Uh, and we have them come out, people come out for 45 or 50 minutes on the field and then hang out together for two to three hours at the bar. And that's that's the really good uh, ratio there. Uh, we started it back in 1998. This was pre-social uh, media like uh, Facebook and and Instagram and all that stuff. And we had just gotten out of college and we were looking for ways to meet more people. We we kind of missed that uh, opportunity that we had in college to network and hang out with people every Thursday night at the local, you know, college bar. And we tried to reestablish that with with Club Waka. Just have a physical location or is it anywhere? Well, now we're in about 25 cities across the country. They tend to be large metropolitan areas. So we're in LA, Miami, Portland, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, DC, a, a couple other other places like that. Uh, everyone works from home though. So for 25 years, we've we kind of we were ahead of the curve in terms of being virtual. We've been working from home or working from Starbucks or Panera for ever. We we never really had a uh, physical office for for Club Waka. You know, we've we've done office share things and and attended meetings together and things like that. But pretty much everyone has been working from home since since day one. Let's say Los Angeles, just as an example. What what? Mm-hmm office in LA? Do you have a location? Where do people go to the events? 
Yeah, so everything is found on, on clubwalker.com for all of our leagues and all of our events. Uh, we're, we're mostly league focused, which is about eight to 10 weeks of, of a sports game. And sometimes we do events like we do uh, a big event in Vegas once a year on Columbus Day weekend, uh, which we call the Super Bowl kickball. But we also do other events like cruises and ski trips, which are um, more rare, but we we do put that together. So in L.A., for example, we're in a bunch of different areas of L.A., but we don't really have a physical location. What we do is we work with local parks and recs and YMCAs and JCCs and say, hey, we want to bring together some fun people and use your facility or your field uh, once a week for these 10 to 12 weeks. And can you let us rent rent that space? And then we get everyone together um, through the our registration system. People can sign up on their own or with a couple of friends or with a whole team. Maybe you have a corporate team or something. And we organize and facilitate all of that, putting that together and getting people to come play on the field. And we also work with local bar partners and establish kind of the clubhouse. That's why we're called Club Waka, but we're trying to get people together and feel a sense of community and feel like they're joining a club of like-minded individuals and uh, having some fun together. Awesome. How do people learn about it and discover it? How do they find out about it? Yeah, so we over the years and over the decades, we have mostly been found through word of mouth. Um, our our biggest asset are really our our team, our people on the ground. We call them LSMs or League and Social Managers. That's what they do. They manage the leagues and they manage the social aspect of uh, getting people together. And they're our our biggest um, proponents of the of the community and they're and they're the ones that find other people and say hey would you like to get together on my team and play kickball or they find uh some other people that are interested so it, we're mostly uh, a, a word of mouth uh type group hopefully we provide something that's super fun uh that people want to talk about and that generates um you know more more discussion about our our product and our our leagues and do the um how does the business model work? What do people pay for? Yeah, so they're paying, uh, you know, our average league price for that two or three months of entertainment is uh, somewhere around $70. It could be more depending on the uh, the location. You know, L.A. fields tend to be a bit more expensive than, say, uh, fields in, in Hartford, Connecticut or in Hampton Roads, Virginia. But what they're every person pays individually for each league they sign up for uh, every season so if they want to do one night a week they can sign up for one league if they want to do two or three nights a week they can sign up for for multiple and that league again goes for eight to ten weeks uh, plus um, we tend to do local parties with all the leagues in the area so that there can be more uh, networking and connecting, um, not just inside the league you're in, but also with people uh, in other leagues across town. So, well, so do you typically attract a certain age demographic, or is it all over the place? Yeah, that's been interesting. We when we started this in 1998, our average 
um, player or member was uh, 27 or 26 or 28 years old. And 25 years later, it's the same age. Uh, that's my Matthew McConaughey impersonated. I, I keep getting older and they stay the same age. Um, it's all, it's still about 27 or 28 years old, young professionals, people just out of college. Again, th th we're still solving the same problem there was uh, a while ago, which is, hey, I'm out of college now. How do I meet somebody? Uh, this is a great, great way to uh, meet people that are fun and want to uh, go out and and meet people so it's a it's a great environment it's really the face-to-face -face, um uh, option that you know again uh, uh facebook and 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 tiktok and and i you know i'm not i'm not putting those down they they have their place but if you want to meet someone and really get to know them uh seeing them in person being with them on a on a weekly basis uh, that's uh, that's how you make more deeper connections. That's amazing. So business is going, cruising, great business. I imagine it sounds really cool. And then the pandemic hit. What the hell did you do? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, if I when I first tell people that I, you know, basically run uh, kickball leagues, it, they think it's all, all all fun. But really, I'm a desk jockey. Uh, I, again, our our team that's out there on the field, uh, they're the, they're the, they're making the magic happen. And they're also able to, uh, see people having fun and participate themselves. So, uh, couldn't do it without them, but what it was interesting, you know, in March, uh, beginning of March of 2020, we were hearing rumors and some people were saying, Hey, this is going to be horrible or Hey, it's going to blow over in a couple of weeks. And we were telling all of our team we're going to keep going business as normal people are, people need to get together they have a a need to uh socialize they want to be out and they want to be doing things and on thursday march 12th everything was normal and then all of a sudden on friday march 13th you know the the quote unquote the world ended and we went from uh tens of thousands of people signed up and ready to play to no one's allowed to play uh, so we went to essentially zero overnight and the way we survived was we uh, really had to pare down to a, a core team of people uh, we we kept everyone on for about a month and again we thought it was going to be over in two weeks and um, then a month later, everything was still shut down and we said, hey, we we really need to narrow down to uh, just a core group of people here. And that core group is is still with us today um, and helping us get back on track. But financially, what got us through that was uh, PPP money. We we used the, those funds to keep people employed uh, for those next couple of months while we, you know, figured other things we could do and just wait for the storm to pass. Some One of the things we did was some virtual uh, entertainment, some virtual events and activities. We had a, a national virtual flip cup tournament that was all held on Zoom uh, with judges and, and people doing it in different locations all across the country. Uh, that was really neat. And then we just worked within the, the rules and regulations of 
other outdoor fields as to how big or how small really we could uh, run some leagues you know some places would allow us to maybe have uh 30 or 50 people outside and and spaced out and things like that and we just kind of narrowed our focus for a bit what about the process of coming back how's that going well it's going pretty well um but we had to revamp a lot of things and just re reconsider how we ran uh the business in totality um at pre-covid at our peak we were had an in-house staff of about 35 full-time people and upwards of 150 part-timers uh now post-covid we're at uh 10 full-time staff and uh, just a little over 100 uh, part-timers ac across the country uh, that help us run those leagues and we have narrowed down our focus to the the cities that make sense for us there were some areas that were just taking too long for us to get off the ground or um uh, staff that had had moved on and 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 started doing other things uh post covid and so we are back on the growth track not you know it's never as fast as 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 you want i don't think um but we're about uh, 30 or 40 percent of where we were uh pre-covid but it but things are going well i think we have better systems in place we've uh, gone with some really good vendors for certain things like instead of building our technology ourselves we have uh, partnered with third-party software uh, companies uh, that help us with our registration and that that's taken off a lot of mental energy uh, from us internally and management and things like that and and letting them uh, do what they do best and and letting us do what we do best which is getting people together uh, for good times are you back to profitability or are you more profitable than you were before COVID? um pre-covid we were management and administrative heavy so we were probably spending uh we weren't probably we definitely were spending uh more than we should have been on uh, overhead items uh now we've got again we've kind of figured that out and with our partners like our uh we've done finance outsourcing and tech outsourcing uh so we are definitely back uh, to profitability it's not it's still not as um good as it as it was in our heyday which was you know um mid 2010s 2015 2016 uh, but we're working towards that and we're you know again we have a good team and we're continuing to uh, grow our customer base which is uh, super important and will help get us back to a strong profitability number so looking forward a couple of years ahead what do you envision yeah so we've we use um the EOS traction system for most of our internal uh, management processes and we've mapped out our next three years we want to see um, some consistent uh, solid growth over the next three years on the order of 30 uh, 40 percent per year and we definitely believe that that is reasonable and achievable so right now we're in 30 cities and the main plan is to 
continue to grow in the cities we are in and then selectively pick uh, other markets that uh, we find interesting. Again, wherever the the demographics um, work for us with that, uh, again, young professional, 27, uh, 25 years old, um, looking to uh, have, have a good time. What do you think the number one thing is or the most important lessons are from the pandemic for you and your business? Well, the pandemic gave us I would say an opportunity. It was it was a forced opportunity, but it gave us the opportunity to really seriously look at how we did things internally. Did when you're when we're doing a process or when we uh, have a certain role on board or we have even a whole department, is that really the best for our for us for our customers for our for our uh, business partners, for our vendors? Um, do, is that the most efficient use of our time and energy and, and money? And I th- I think what COVID did was say, hey, you have to change. If you want to, if we want to survive, we have to change A, B, and C. And w- while our hand was forced, again, it, it was, a it was looking back on it now and that having gone through it, um, and kind of feeling like we're on the other end of the tunnel, um, it was a good thing. And even I know myself, sometimes I wasn't willing to critically look at everything I was doing and everything the the company was doing. And now I feel like I can do, I can do that a little better. Just ask that question: Is this activity, is this process um, really what we need, and is it best for all the you know stakeholders, specifically our general managers and our league and social managers? Does it does it help them? Does it hinder them? Uh, is it red tape? <laughs> uh, does it make sense? Is it good for our for our members, does does it make it easier for them to show up and just enjoy themselves, or does it uh, create roadblocks to them uh, registering for a league, or roadblocks to meeting new people, or you know? So just that that's been the main thing. Are we able to really look at ourselves from a from a, a good perspective instead of just being uh, myopic and saying, oh, that's how we've always done things. Let's ke- just keep doing it that way. Awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Great story. Fascinating. What's, what are the main cities you're in today? Or how do people come and find you and where you're at and all that? Yeah, the best way to find us and see if we are offering any um, fun in your, your area is to look at clubwaka.com. That's C-L-U-B-W-A-K-A.com. Our largest markets are the Connecticut area, the whole uh, state of Connecticut, uh, the, the Hampton Roads market. We're in uh, Vegas and uh, Tucson, Arizona and Miami and Fort Lauderdale and uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, the the list goes on and on. So that's really the best way to see us is to uh, check out the website there. And again, our main main offerings are kickball, just like you played in elementary school. If you haven't played since then, it's awesome uh, to play as an adult. And the second largest sport we offer is volleyball. 
Awesome. Yeah. Just look to see if you're in Philadelphia, but you're not. No, we're we're not in Philly. We were a long, long time ago. Again, pre-pandemic, we were probably in uh upwards of 80 cities. Um, and and again, that we have uh, narrowed that list down quite a bit. Got it. Cool. I mean, fascinating story. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for sharing all the lessons you learned. And I love your business model. I think it's super cool. And hopefully when you reflect on it, to say this COVID created an opportunity for you to evolve your business model and grow it. So. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. Thanks so much. We, we have a good time here and, and um, we enjoy it as well. It's fun, fun to share it with people. Appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on. All right. Thanks. Cloudwalker.com. Thanks, Ami. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today on Ami Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.